What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. It's episode 418, and with that, we are one guy short this week, Matt. My co-host, Matt Price, is with me, but we're missing our guy, Ryan McDowell, Matt. First of all, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to Ryan. Hope he's enjoying himself on vacation. Uh, and we have a little thing called the Scott Fishbowl happening right now, so things are good. Yeah, we should talk about it a little bit, Matt, because uh, we're both involved, of course, and we we uh, care a lot about Fantasy Cares and everything that Scott does over there. But what we care about right now more than anything is building a winner, right? Trying to win this big tournament. I want to know how you're doing. We just started a couple days ago. Uh, this, this really, this yearly draft that we all try to try to dominate and we think we do well at on day one and day two. Uh, how you doing this year so far? It's gone mostly according to plan. I, I drew the one Oh six pick. So kind of like right in the middle. Uh, I think it's maybe the toughest pick in the, in the first round because it's gone pretty chalk in most, in most drafts, I think, where it's the top two running backs, the top two quarterbacks, and then, and then Zeke. And then at six, you're kind of left wondering, you know, do I want to play it safe with Zach? Do I want to take a shot on a Kamara bounce back? Do I want to grab one of these tight ends because the, the tight end scoring is so beneficial uh, this season? Um, but I, I did. I played it safe in the end. Went with Dak Prescott there at quarterback three at 106 and then came back and, and was going to grab two top running backs. So Miles Sanders in the second, Aaron Jones in the third. Uh, and then the fourth round, I thought I was going to get a third running back with Gurley to 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 kind of because running backs do very well with the points per first down in this league as well. Um, but he got taken right right before me, so I did grab another early quarterback. Went with Brady because we care about completion percentage in this uh, in this particular league. If you have a, a quarterback like say Josh Allen, you're probably going to have some negative scoring weeks. So I went with two of them pretty early. And then in the fifth, fifth and sixth round, I started looking at receivers. Uh, I, I wanted to go back to running back, but the value just isn't there. When guys like Amari Cooper, who I grabbed at 506, and then A.J. Brown is still there at 607. Uh, it was hard to get away from the receiver of that position, even though I think that they are probably, I mean, they are, they are the deepest position and probably also the, uh, the, the position in this particular format with the least amount of upside. So, uh, but started on them there and feel good about that. We have to start three, so got two, two early, pretty early. Yeah, I, I like what you did there, Matt. You know, I, I was lucky. I was one of the lucky ones, Matt. I I drew pick number one for the first time in my SFB career, I guess. And, Matt, you and I know each other pretty well. We talk to, to each other on a regular basis. I got to know, do you know who I took at number one? 
I would assume it's Christian McCaffrey, and if it's not, then I took Christian All McCaffrey. Right. Yes, good, I, good, good I man. Absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't veer off the the McCaffrey love train that you started so long ago, there, Matt. Uh, so at number one, I took McCaffrey, and then on the turn in two three, I went with I needed to get that quarterback. Got Carson Wentz, and then really didn't love the options that I expected to be at be available at running back when I got around to the four five turn. So I took Aaron Jones at the three Oh one chose chose between he and, and Kenyon Drake went with Jones did not expect Aaron Rodgers to make it to me at the four twelve. Well done. He did. So I went with him and then I got Amari Cooper as well at the five Oh one. So now I'm just, I'm a pick away from being on the clock at the end of the six now. So our two drafts are on a similar timetable. Uh, looking forward to drafting once again tonight. So SFB, it's a lot of fun to all of you that are in. I, I'm sure you already know that. To all of you that want to be in, make sure to register. Uh, Scott always talks about you got to register, you got to ask to be in to be in. So I think he already kicked that off for I guess SFB 11 for next year. So if you're not in this year, or I guess if you're in, head over there uh, and and get registered for next year because it's so much fun and man to win a tournament this big that would be. That would be so much fun, man. Totally. Uh, and I want to give a quick shout-out, too, to the SFB Potathon guys, Sal Lito, uh, Kevin Cotillo, and, and uh, Steve Marcus over there. They raised $40,000 with the SFB Potathon this year, blew their target out of the way by $30,000. $20,000 of that is going to Equal Justice Initiative, uh, which is a great cause, um, helping out with mass incarcerations and, and, and guys on, on death row maybe uh, when, they, when they shouldn't be, things like that. And then, of course, 20, another $20,000 to Fantasy Care. So awesome job for those guys podcasting for 24 hours straight. Dan, could you do that? I could do like 24 minutes with you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they they just hung in there too. It was That's unreal. I, no, I can't imagine uh, hammering it that for that long, that hard. Uh, I know a lot of people joined them and a lot of people jumped on and off and all those kind of things, but still to organize something like that, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's get into what we want to talk about today, Matt. Over the last month, really, we've talked about team building and we started with the, with the ADP and, and we built teams backwards by looking at that ADP and taking guy, one guy out of first, each of the first 15 rounds. Then we twisted it in week two uh, a couple weeks back and did a super flex edition of the same thing. That was so much fun that we decided to use the DLF auction startup app to build some teams in an auction format. And since we want to bring things full circle here, Matt, <laughs> this week, we're going we're gonna to do a super flex edition of the same thing. Although we don't have Ryan to, uh, to, you know, talk about productive struggle and dig deep into finding some of those young guys that that to build around. We'll try to do our best to to fill his shoes for him. You and I each built two rosters, uh, or, or a roster each, I should say. Uh, we had a $200 budget. We took every dollar amount, according to that DLF auction startup app, rounded it to the nearest dollar. That's what we had to pay. Uh, again, $200, 20 players on the team. We're assuming 12 teams, super flex, 10-man starting lineups, and PPR, of course. So we we drafted our super flex teams, Matt, a couple weeks ago, and we found values at quarterback and tight end. But I got 
I got a quick sneak peek at your roster, and you went a different way in this one. Tell me about your strategy when you when you clicked the mouse and and looked at that auction startup app and checked out those prices. What made you do what you did? Well, mostly I wanted to see what 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 a what a top heavy quarterback draft uh, or auction, excuse me, um, looks like, you know, how, how can you fill in the rest of those skill position players that are so important when you spend up at not only at one quarterback position, but both. So that's what I did. Uh, I think, you know, pretty fair values when you look at the top, uh, top guys in there, of course, and Patrick Mahomes and, um, uh, Lamar Jackson, but, uh, the next couple guys down, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit of a value. I would argue, uh, Dak Prescott at $36, Kyler Murray at $35, uh, a decent discount off of those top two guys. And you're still getting two young quarterbacks. You're going to be able to build around, uh, you know, for, 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 for the next decade, if you want to, we, we, we always say that, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. We, we, sometimes we trade these assets around, but you know, the quarterback position at a super flex in a super flex league, the, this is another old adage, but it's also true is that the cheapest time to acquire them is going to be in the startup draft. So they are very difficult to move. These, these young stud quarterbacks are very difficult to move. If you're looking to add a quarterback and you don't end up with one that you're comfortable with or two that you end up or three that you end up uh, uh, comfortable with in the startup. So Dak and Murray, at the top 36 35 uh you know a very large chunk of my budget uh, about uh you know about 60 percent of my budget or so sorry about 40 percent of my budget or so uh spent on quarterback position at the top there yeah and and i like what you did you you built around that even farther or took it a step farther when you got to the running back position but we'll talk about that here in a minute so you went dak and kyler to start your team and and i gotta tell you matt when you did that, and and I saw that in the moments leading up to us hitting record this evening, my eyeballs got big. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, what the heck was he thinking? How did he pull this together? But you did it, and uh, we'll get to that roster, talk a lot about it. Not only do we have to fill that quarterback spot and that super flex spot for this exercise, we also had to add a third quarterback, at least one more quarterback, to the roster, So, uh, and, and a second tight end was required as well. So we're going to get to talk about a lot of new players this week, guys we didn't talk about last week, Matt, because once again we, were, we weren't allowed to, to take players that we chose on last week's Show So you talked about those two quarterbacks that you grabbed at the top, spending 36 and $35, uh, respectively, on Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray. I took it the other way once again, a, a traditional build for myself. I took Daniel Jones as my top-end quarterback, my most expensive quarterback, I guess. He's $17, according to that DLF auction startup app he's slotted in at the qb1 but the guy i'll start at Superflex is really the guy i'll probably depend on to anchor my roster that's ben roethlisberger aging veteran once again to pair with the younger player jones ben roethlisberger cost me just seven dollars beyond that matt you traditionally uh build teams a lot like this young player along with a veteran and then you try to add more pieces correct when once you get those two kind of guys let's put your your roster to the side for for right now with Prescott and Murray if you're to to focus on a younger first second third year player like Daniel Jones to pair with an aging veteran that that has some upside like Ben Roethlisberger spend a lower amount of money what kind of players are at the position are you trying to add beyond that uh, you looking for more value, another veteran, some young players. What's your typical philosophy in these auctions? 
I think if I have one of those older guys like that, I'm definitely and, and another solid starter at least for one or two more years until he tanks. But uh, we won't talk about that right now with Daniel Jones. Uh, I'm looking to add one of these high priced rookies. You know, uh, Tua, you know, is my quarterback one. Maybe Joe Burrow is your quarterback one in, the, in this year's class. So one of those guys. And then also with this build, because those older guys, uh, especially Roethlisberger, I would argue, have a little bit higher chance to get injured. I would I would say so. I would probably want to have a third guy behind him as well, someone I can throw in there. Uh, if if Roethlisberger was to get hurt again, whether it's the elbow or something else, so you know, if, if I'm going with an older builder like that, I want to have two, obviously at least two, but but probably three guys that I can absolutely start, and then you know another developmental guy that can take his place once he moves on. Yeah, and that's what I. That's exactly what I did, Matt. I have a little bit more faith in Daniel Jones than you do. I think he's a riser and is is going to play really well in 2020. If we have a season, of course, <laughs> pairing him with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, that seems like the ideal type of pair for me, as long as you can add a third quarterback with some upside and a lot of youth. I went with Justin Herbert and typically I would have taken Joe Burrow here, but I took him last week. So I had to pivot. Uh, and then, so I, so I went to Tua, uh, who is a similar price as Burrow and couldn't quite afford him by the end of the exercise. So had to take another step back to Justin Herbert. He cost me $10. He's my third quarterback. And then I continued beyond that. I also added Jameis Winston for $3. Another guy, uh, with, with long-term upside. We've seen all of that in 2019, Probably going to take a step back, uh, at least in production, but but we'll see his name again in that leaderboard among quarterbacks. At least I think so. I liked his price at $3. So four quarterbacks on this 20-man roster, probably not typical of what I would do if we were really building a 20-man team, but I don't usually play in 20-man roster <laughs> uh, type dynasty leagues, Matt. Uh, I You know, really we go through this exercise and kind of assuming a bunch of $5 guys or $1 guys at the end of the roster to make it 25 or, or even 30 man. So four quarterbacks for me, beyond those two big name quarterbacks, big upside quarterbacks, you had to add a third guy as well. Yeah, I did. This, I did the same as you. Jameis Winston at three dollars is just too much of a value to pass up. You're not going to get any from anything from him this year, obviously, and you know, unless an injury happens, which is which is always a, a possibility. Um, so, uh, and and then in 2021, I think just like you, I, I think he's absolutely a starter somewhere, whether it's in New Orleans or somewhere else. So, uh, with with spending up for those top two guys, I didn't feel necessarily the need to add a fourth one. I actually did try to fit Tua in there as well, but at eighteen dollars, it was just impossible to to do what I wanted with the rest of the roster so I settled for three on this one uh and, and you know I feel like feel like I feel so good again about this top two that I'm not super worried about it yeah I wouldn't be either just stick those two in your lineup every single week and, and feel good about the points they're going to score I think you're going to feel pretty good about your running back one as well I don't know how you did this <laughs> Matt but tell me about that running back one that guy that that you're going to lean on along with those two quarterbacks yeah you you would think that when you're spending 36 35 dollars on a player out of a out of a 200 dollars budget you probably can't add too many more expensive ones but I went back to the the first round well with Saquon Barkley at 44 dollars just a, a dollar cheaper than than our man cmc um, i just couldn't quite squeeze that last dollar out of it so barkley is a nice prize there uh, and then i spent up again at running back two with clyde edwards hilaire at 28 dollars. Uh, so have two young backs one that we know is elite one that has the potential to be elite even in year one i, I think uh, so i spent heavy at quarterback and running back so we'll have to see what that does to the rest of the roster 
Yeah, you you needed to find some value uh, to round out that starting lineup and maybe get some upside for that bench. Uh, I really like what you got. I don't think there's a listener out there that doesn't like the start of Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like you, I added Hilaire as well. Um, I took him as my running back one, though. I I spread it out just a little bit more than you did, Matt. So you had Barkley and Clyde. Uh, I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins being $24. You know, we've talked about Dobbins a lot in recent weeks, Matt. I think somebody added him to one of these rosters each of the four weeks that we've we've talked about this team-building exercise. And and most dynasty owners, I think, Matt, think – uh, or, or or subscribe to the theory that that Dobbins is probably not going to be ultra productive in year one with the existence of Mark Ingram being there, uh, Gus Edwards, of course, being on the roster as well, but his time will come. And the more I think about it, Matt, the more I think he's going to slowly eat into that workload, he's going to get his opportunities, and there could there's a path to J.K. Dobbins maybe not being a running back one or anything like that in year one, but somebody who you can put in your lineup at least as a flex as a rookie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely there is. I, I don't think we're going to have to wait. I think he's going to have some sort of role almost right away. The one concern, obviously, is the shortened season, no off season. How is he going to get into the, uh, the practice facility and learn the playbook and all that? But uh, he's a player that I don't think they're going to want to keep off the field uh, for very long. And I think he does have some value in year one. And I think he's going to be a, cons- uh, a consideration for me and a pick upcoming here in the Scott Fish Bowl. So uh, definitely agree with you there. Ooh. Yeah, I hope the guys in your league aren't <laughs> listening and or at least aren't listening right away. Uh, so J.K. Dobbins was my RB two. I went right back to the well with those rookie running backs after taking Clyde and J.K. Dobbins. I added Cam Akers as well, just sixteen dollars according to the app. Uh, that's a bargain to me, a guy that I'm I'm targeting in the middle of the first round in rookie drafts. Uh, certainly a guy that that is going to have an opportunity early in his career. And if he runs with it, could be one of those, one of those guys in Los Angeles that is leaned on, uh, not necessarily Todd Gurley or anything like that, but certainly a playmaker both on the inside and on the perimeter. He's such a value, a steal really at $16. And to get him as my third running backs, three rookie, third, third running back, three rookie running backs on my roster, I feel really good about this build and, and, and the near future at the running back position. Yeah, that is a scream in value. I look back because I took Cam Akers in, in last week's one quarterback auction exercise, and he was $24 there. So I was, you got, you got a, a sizable discount on him in the Superflex format. So I, I love that pick. I'm glad all these all these other owners are spending up on these quarterbacks because that drove the price down. Uh, so I get a good value there. I feel good about that. Matt, I got to go back to your roster right now because after Saquon Barkley and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, you're looking for some value throughout your entire roster, but I'm, I'm screaming down this list, <laughs> and it goes all the way down to the bottom, these $1 specials when you're trying to get that depth at running back. Yeah, when you spend 71.5% of your budget on, on your top four players, you have to scrimp and save a little bit, and that's really difficult to do at the running back position, if we're being honest. So uh, I did go down to the one dollars got a uh, a rookie and uh, Lynn, Lynn Bowden uh, that we don't really have to talk about much about but 
everybody, all of us like him. He should have some opportunity, at least in a in a, in a, a pass catching role in year one. Justin Jackson, kind of a hedge on Austin Eckler and uh, Joshua Kelly in Los Angeles, and then Damian Harris, kind of a hedge on on. Um, uh, Sony Michelle there in New England because I I think Sony Michelle is, is probably not long for this world so uh, I'm not sure it's going to be Damian Harris as the lead guy necessarily you know Cam Newton uh, is probably going to want to throw a bunch of short passes to to guys like uh, James White but Harris can catch the ball too we've seen that so um, you know for a one dollar player I think in, in an offense that has has ranked you know overall in the top ten in in terms of total running back points you just have to kind of figure out which guy it is every week uh, that seems like a value to me there matt i gotta say when you said sony is not long for this world that sounded pretty cryptic uh long for the nfl the dynasty long world. for the nfl <laughs> world my my apologies Obviously. my apologies sony I, I wish you no ill will i hope you have a successful season and live a long and successful life <laughs> all right I, after clyde edwards hilaire J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers. I did a lot of the same, Matt. I had a little bit of more money to work with, so I was able to get Alexander Madison as one of my bench guys, my fourth running back. He cost just $4, like the value there, as a high upside backup. Probably one of the premier backups or, or handcuffs that are out there. After that, Chase Edmonds, another high-priority backup for me, a guy that could take that role if he gets an opportunity and be an instant RB1 slash RB2, a guy that you want in your lineup every single week. And then my final running back, another rookie, another guy with a little bit of upside, uh, Darrington Evans from Tennessee. I like his upside as well. And to get him for just $2 feels like a steal. So we filled out our quarterback or depth chart. We've done the same at running back. We're going to talk a little bit about wide receivers here in a moment. But first, we should talk about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Hey, do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, here is your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player. There is no offseason in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, Every contract matters. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL player contracts and salaries, then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. All this is happening over at DynastyOwner.com. You can check out their mock drafts. You can join a league. Check them out over at www.dynastyowner.com. And best of all, that those mock drafts are free. Matt, you, it's top-heavy team. Did you have room for a top-end wide receiver one? I don't know if you call him top end. I still have a lot of faith in Keenan Allen. I think he's still good for you know eighty five to ninety catches at his advanced age of twenty eight. And I did have to go pretty old at wide receiver uh, to to make up for that. But you know I picked up a lot of production though. I think uh, and if there's a position where you're okay having older guys other than quarterback, uh, I, I do think it's wide receiver when you get the you pick the right ones. Guys like Keenan Allen and Robert Woods and AJ Green are all players that I think are going to produce well into their you know early thirties. You know uh, AJ Green 
screen is already there, but at $5, how can you pass that up as your wide receiver three? Robert Woods and Keenan Allen, both 28 years old. Keenan Allen, $16, and Robert Woods, $11. Both, uh, you know, all, all three guys, you know, the, the wide receiver, quote unquote, wide receiver one in their offense. So to be able to fill out my starting wide receivers for a total of uh, $27, $33 there, I think that is a, a pretty good use of that money. Um, and then for my flexes, you know, wide receivers, like I said, wide receivers are cheaper than running backs when you're going to searching for value. So uh, another couple of, of starters, uh, another, you know, again, we, we pr- we're pretty sure that the Texans wide receiver one, as long as he's healthy, is going gonna to be Will Fuller. So $3 for Will Fuller. Haven't been a gigantic fan of his in the past, but we've seen the chemistry he does have with Deshaun Watson when healthy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he can, he, can, he can actually stay on the field and, and kind of fulfill his potential. Uh, and then Anthony Miller, a value at $2 in Chicago, someone who really came on in the second half of last season. And I'm expecting, you know, an, another jump, I think, in year two with a, hopefully what is a better quarterback situation, slightly better, I guess. Um, but certainly have, has a guy in, across from an Allen Robinson that's going to soak up a lot of that difficult coverage. So excited to see what he can do. And at two, at five dollars for my total for my two flex starters, uh, I think I I think I did okay. Yeah, you did just fine. You got a little speed with Will Fuller, the big play potential. Uh, and then Anthony Miller, a guy that I've talked about as well as a potential breakout candidate. Once again, year three wide receiver. Uh, I like that pick. Not not in love with him being in your starting lineup until I see the, those names like Barkley and, and uh, those two quarterbacks <laughs> in there along with him. Then it, then it feels just a little bit better, uh, of course. I went the other way once again. Uh, Matt, I, I went for youth and, and big upside. Some guys that have proved it at least to some extent. Second year receiver, AJ Brown will be my wide receiver one. He cost me $26 and followed him up with DK Metcalf. So, so I guess the, uh, college teammates, uh, team up once again on, on this, uh, fake dynasty roster, um, Metcalf at $19. I think we've talked about him in the last couple of weeks, uh, the upside that he has, he he flashed it, more than flashed it really, as a rookie. Hopefully that passing attack is centered around DK Metcalf even more in his second season. I like his big play p- potential, his red zone presence, uh, everything about DK Metcalf and c- can also be said about A.J. Brown really. Uh, so those two really centered everything around those two. And then as my wide receiver three, I went the same way you did, Matt. I took Robert Woods, screaming value, another number one wide receiver on his team. I, I was surprised that you said that, Matt. You know, Cooper Cup's still on that roster. So calling calling Woods the wide receiver one, that, that was a least. He's the safe I think one. there's some, He's the safe some Cooper Cup truthers out there uh, uh, kicking you off the bandwagon. <laughs> That's fair. I just feel like he's the one who's going to play. I mean, we saw Cooper Cup disappear a little bit. He had still, still had some, uh, some decent amount of targets in the red zone. Um, but, you know, we saw him kind of fade to the background once they went to, to the 12 personnel. So it's a little bit of a hedge on that. I think Woods is the safest receiver there, but I don't think he's the one with the most upside. I think that is still Cup. Very fair. I could, I'll agree with you on that. Uh, I I like building, building a roster with Woods. uh, And a lot of times because of those prices, we're talking about low teens type prices, 10, 11, $12 Uh, on a lot of rosters. You can fit Robert Woods in as your fourth wide receiver, a guy that's in your flex. Uh, He's my wide receiver three, your wide receiver two, and plays that role perfectly as well. So a great guy to have on your team. And just year in and year out, he's overlooked by fantasy owners in general, and especially dynasty owners, now that he's reached that that upper 20s at 28. Uh, people, you know, 
we all watched him grow up but but way too slow in Buffalo. So it feels like he's been around forever, still only 28 years old and in an offense that's built for him, really uh, going to be super productive. So I like him as my wide receiver three. I Because I had Cam Akers in a flex spot, I only needed one wide receiver to fill the rest of my starting lineup. I took Jalen Rager for $11, uh, another youth pick. Big upside. We've talked about him. If Ryan was here, he he could just say, uh, you know, I've talked enough about Jalen Rager, so I don't need <laughs> to talk anymore. Uh, I, I, really, what I what I was thinking with Rager is I I want the I want a piece of that offense. I I really like that Philadelphia offense. I couldn't get Miles Sanders because I already picked him last week. Uh, Might not have been able to afford him necessarily anyway in this exercise. I want a piece of that offense. I probably want a piece of it in 2020 as well. I don't want to have to wait till 2021 if Rager is going to be a one-year project and and learn under a guy like Deshaun Jackson. So as one of my bench receivers, I took Deshaun Jackson. I kind of teamed those two guys together. Jackson will be my 2020 option. Rager beyond that. Uh, additionally at wide receiver I added Henry Ruggs one of my favorite rookies big time upside uh, a target in a lot of rookie drafts because he falls into the second draft or second round sometimes got him for just six dollars you could say the same thing about Paris Campbell last year for me I was a big Paris Campbell supporter got him in the late first and and early second round a year ago now he's down to two dollars That's a steal, a bargain. I want a piece of that offense as well. So Paris Campbell does that for me. And then my final roster spot went to KJ Hamler, rookie wide receiver from the uh, Broncos. I needed to find that $1 guy like you were doing, Matt. Uh, I had to search a little bit as well. KJ Hamler, guy out of Penn State, lots of speed. Uh, if you if you look throughout my roster and throughout these wide receivers, I like those speed guys, those guys that can take it to the house uh, on any given play. Hamler certainly profiles as one of those types of players. Hopefully he fits into that system. The quarterback can get him the ball, and, and he has a nice rookie season and builds uh, builds some trust in that offense because he has he he certainly has some upside as well. Matt, let's head back to your roster because after after that starting those five receivers, Allen Woods, AJ Green, Will Fuller, and Anthony Miller. Once again, you were you were looking for the bargains. You had to fill a few more roster spots. Tell me about what your philosophy was when you were thinking about bench wide receivers. Uh, with those veterans above, yeah, it was uh, youth because those those like you said, we're gonna, I'm going to be aging out of these at least one of these wide receivers, I'm sure, in a year or two. So I'm going to have to add some youth behind them, and I picked up kind of that that second a few a few guys a couple guys in that kind of in that second tier of, of 2020 rookie wide receivers and Michael Pittman for four dollars and Brian, Brandon Ayuk for four dollars. Now that uh, Debo Samuel is gone uh, for you know at least a little bit of the season, Ayuk, it, it seems like he's he's at least the de facto wide receiver one if we're going to incorporate draft capital into that again though a rookie uh, that may have trouble integrating into the system without a full offseason so that was a little bit of concern with him but because of that I went and grabbed Jalen Hurd who was you know looked like he was about to become a large part of that offense in 2019 before he got hurt so kind of a little bit of a hedge there I didn't pick up Dante Pettis uh, for the trifecta just uh, just in case but I I do think between those two I'll get some points out of from the Niners offense and then uh, back Matt I got I got to interrupt you Absolutely. Quickly here, Matt, because Hurd is an interesting one. In fact, when I was doing mine, I, I just talked about KJ Hamler being that last guy needed a dollar uh, wide receiver. 
I was choosing between Hurd and KJ Hamler, and, and Hurd's a guy that, that I've added in a few leagues this offseason because of that upside that you talked about that we, we were all kind of talking about a year ago uh, in that San Francisco offense. We thought maybe he could create some some playing time for himself. It it never really happened because of the injury, but all that upside, that potential still exists with Jalen Hurd, and that's another offense that it doesn't hurt to to have a piece of. Tell me a little bit about more about Jalen Hurd and, and, and how you think maybe he can fit into that offense and maybe carve out a role for himself. Yeah, you know, he offers something that I think none of the other other receivers, I guess outside of of George Kittle really offer and that's some some length. He's a 6 foot 4, 227 pound receiver and he's versatile. He played running back, he played uh he, he played tight end in college as well before switching over to receiver. So super versatile and you know, when you have a great creative play caller like like Shanahan there, you know that they're going to get him involved in different ways and they were starting to show that a little bit uh during the, the, the very short amount of time he played during his rookie season. So uh I, I just think he offers something different even once Debo Samuels is back I still think he still offers something different than any other wide receiver out there and if he can continue to develop that and be used in, in creative ways then I think he has a has multiple paths to, to fantasy production and value in, in his second season and for a dollar for a dollar I mean come on for a buck yeah free in a lot of dynasty leagues out there you can get him as a throw-in you can you can get him for a third round pick in some leagues uh, that that's not a bad way to spend a draft pick. And what you said about the coaching staff, they like those those players that can play multiple positions, move around the formation. Jalen Hurd fits that role to a T. I think that coaching staff really likes him, and there there's certainly some potential for him to be a dynasty darling down the road. All right, let's. Uh, sorry for interrupting you, Matt. You got to get to the rest of these wide receivers, uh, the rest of this bench squad. After Pittman, Ayuk, and Hurd, you had room for a couple more receivers. Yeah, big surprise. A couple another dollar guys. Uh, Devin Duvernay, another rookie who I think could have a you know a, an impact in year one. Volume's always going to be an issue in that offense. You know, it's, it is a running offense, and and I, I can't imagine they're going to go too far away from that. Um, and Marquise Brown up top, but du- Devin Duvernay, I think he's going to be amazing in the slot. Uh, was was that in college and you know the the role is there for him on a, on a team that has a you know they're searching for a dominant wide receiver in, in that offense we, we we think it's Marquise Brown but there's a chance that it's Devin Duvernay um, so grabbed him and then it went back a little bit to the veterans I kind of doubled up on those San Francisco wide receivers to try to you know make sure that I have the most productive one uh, and did the same thing again in Houston when I took Will Fuller and then Kenny Stills for a dollar there uh, you know one of those guys I think is going to be the the quote-unquote deep threat they both have injuries hopefully you know while one's injured one will be playing uh for the life of me though dan like why other than other than maybe i guess bill o'brien not because he can't deal with the troublesome new copians other, other than that I, I why isn't houston knocking down the doors of antonio brown right now like if there's an obvious spot to go to that needs a wide receiver one that seems like a good place to go to go so you know for now between stills and, and between stills and uh, will fuller i think i have the wide receiver one there but that's a, could certainly change yeah, it could. There's there's an old guy named Randall Cobb there. Never <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh man, you you mentioned it. If if Bill O'Brien can't can't handle that troublemaker named Hopkins that catches a hundred balls for him, he's not going to be able to do it with Antonio <laughs> Brown. That's for sure. So that rounds out your receivers, Matt, or at least your wide receivers. You got a couple pass catching tight ends as well. I got to say, though, you're at $197 (laughs) so far. You need a starting and a backup tight end. So we got to get super creative. 
Uh, I think you did a pretty good job of doing that, though. Tell me about the two tight ends that you added to round out your roster. Yeah, so I went with Jonu Smith uh, for two bucks as as the starter. You know, clearly an opportunity there. I did a, a an article on Noah Fant, who we can talk about in a minute when we talk about your tight ends, Dan, if you like. Um, but I found in, in this quick study that uh, about sixty seven percent, sixty seven percent, excuse me, ninety six percent of uh, tight ends over the last four years to be a top six tight end need to be the first or second option in terms of leading their team in targets uh, at the tight end position, and I think that. That option is there for John o. Smith. You know, if, if Corey Davis takes a step forward, you know, in, in year five, I guess maybe that's that's the, he he's that second guy. But I think John o. Smith with Delaney Walker gone now, and really just other receiving game, I think it's just AJ Brown. So, uh, so I think John o. Smith has an opportunity to be that second guy again. A low volume Austin is going to be a running team. We know what they're going to do with Derrick Henry, but I think he could be that second guy. And 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 at two dollars, I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on that as a starter. I just need a touchdown for him, and he's a back end tight end one for the week. Um, and then I went back to uh, another guy who is right now doesn't look like the starter, but for a dollar, OJ Howard, you know, previously a first round rookie in Dynasty, someone who's never really realized his potential, but it hasn't been because of efficiency when he's gotten targets he's produced. Uh, so, you know, depending on what they do with that offense, it does seem like both of those guys should be on the field at the same time. And OJ Howard at this stage of, of, of his and Gronk's career is probably the better receiving option. So uh, we'll see, but I still think there's hope for OJ Howard. And as a backup tight end you know shooting for for the moon basically for a dollar i think it's he's a, he's a worthy ad there especially when i only had three dollars total to add uh, to, to work with for tight ends that was that was some thinly veiled contempt for my guy uh noah fant there <laughs> i have a feeling those stats did not help help my guy fant because he, he's definitely not that number two option in that offense that's right that's what i was going to say when, when we talk about him <laughs> yeah he's not in that top two and and really for me the, the biggest concern about fant is that he's He's the tight end seven right now in ADP, so like he kind of needs to be a top seven producer. Maybe not necessarily in year two, but you know at some point in the in the near future, he needs to hit that for it to be worth that price. And with now Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, it, mm, I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about fans. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can be worried, uh, especially because that you know, there's questions around the quarterback, questions around the offense in general, really. Can they really support that many uh, playmakers? Because we haven't even talked in that about any either of the running backs that Philip Lindsay, who's a good pass catcher. Melvin Gordon is a good pass catcher as well. All those guys got to get their touches as well. So Fant... Uh, well, we have, uh, you know, really, really thrown up the red flag on him here. He was my tight end one. I like the price at just $7. I love that athleticism, his, his ability to stretch the field and get really just be a mismatch. He's, he's too fast for any linebacker and and most safeties for that matter. And way too physical for any corner and a lot of, a lot of the safeties that are out there as well. So a mismatch, if they can figure out how to use him properly, he could be that Jimmy Graham Saints era type weapon the guy that flexes out moves around the formation and gets vertical and makes those big plays double digit touchdowns are not outside of the realm of possibilities for Noah Fant in his career uh, in a single season I don't necessarily think that's coming in 2020 or, or maybe not even in 2021 
But that upside exists, and and to get him for just $7 feels like a bargain. He's a guy I'm still investing in, despite that negativity (laughs) and uh, not necessarily knowing where he's going to fit in that offense. I I really like him. And then to back that up, I grabbed a veteran, a guy that you can stick in your lineup every single week, know he's going to get five-plus targets, uh, be one of the guys that is in the mix in the red zone. That's Jack Doyle. I said earlier I want to buy into that Colts offense. I really like what they're doing there. Wish they they had a better quarterback, but that's another conversation. Uh, Jack Doyle is is a nice option, and for just a dollar to be your backup tight end, if this was a deeper roster, I'd probably add a third tight end, maybe maybe a real young guy with a little bit of upside, uh, another dollar type guy. So so I had the position secured, uh, or at least have a dart throw on the roster. But since we only have twenty roster spots, Doyle's my my final tight end to go. To go along with Noah Fant. Let's recap our rosters, Matt. Tell me a little bit about your, just recap your philosophy, what you were trying to do, and give me some bullet points of, of your favorite parts of your roster. Yeah, I just wanted to see what would happen if you really spend up at, at quarterback and running back, which is honestly how I've been building my teams this season with the depth of wide receiver. I, I think it's a smart strategy, especially in Superflex, to you know try to get at least one of those top five to six elite options, uh, if not two of them. So I tried to do it with two here with Prescott at $36 and, and Murray at $35. Followed up that up with spending up at, at, at running back. Again, you need the young guys to have any staying power, and, and we've seen them be the top producers as well uh, over the last last several seasons so did that with Barkley at $44 and Clyde Edwards Hilaire at $28 and because of those top four uh, so heavy uh, uh, I forget the percentage now off the top of my head but it was a lot 71.5% I think on my top four players uh, so I had, to, I had to search for value production at wide receiver so I went old with Keenan Allen uh, 28 years old for $16 same with Robert Woods 28 years old for $11 and then the old man who everybody is, is pretty much written off AJ Green for just $5 uh, continued to value hunt for my flex positions at with Will Fuller and Anthony Miller at $3 and $2 respectively. And then starting tied in uh, with John Smith at, at $2. So that's the bulk of my lineup. Uh, and then just, again, searching for youth to help uh, replace those older receivers uh, with Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk for $4 each, Jalen Hurd for a dollar, Devin DuVernay for a dollar. And, and then kind of kind of probably got cute with it, but tried to lock up the Houston wide receiver one right now, uh, adding stills to Fuller for just a dollar. Um, and then running back position, my value guys, Lynn Bowden, for a dollar, Justin Jackson for a dollar, Damian Harris for a dollar. Matt, seven one dollar players <laughs> and a two hundred dollar budget. Heavy. That's how you did it. I gotta know, Matt. Would you do this? Would after going through this and looking at how the roster looks, would you attempt this if we were doing a startup right now? I think I might. Yeah, I think I might, depending on where those running back and, and quarterback prices fall. You know, if they get above a certain threshold, you know, if they start hitting that. Uh, I, I think the reason why you can't do it with a guy like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson necessarily in the startup is that they are approaching, you know, uh, in Red List 3, actually, they went for 30% of budget. So there's just no way you can do it when they get that high. So grabbing that next tier down of those elite guys, I think it is possible if you can get, you know, a, t- a 20% discount on, you know, down to Dak from Mahomes. Uh, I think that's that's a valid strategy. So I, w- I would definitely try it. I do tend to build more stars and scrubs approaches in auctions. Uh, so, yeah, I- I'd give it a shot. Yeah, it it turned out pretty good. I was impressed with the 
with the starting lineup and, and adding those, some of those names that you mentioned there, the Michael Pittman's and Brandon Ayuk's, even Jalen Hurd, that really rounded it out because you went with the veterans at wide receiver and, and really even in the flex with Anthony Miller and Will Fuller having that youth there that, that helps with those aging guys and guys in their late twenties and, and early thirties in your starting lineup. I went with a more traditional build for my uh, typical philosophy built around running back and wide receiver tried to get youth with upside all packed into one spot. I think I did that at running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, and Cam Akers. I did the same thing at wide receiver with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Uh, also added Jalen Rager. Uh, because Robert Woods was such a value, I grabbed him for, for just 11 bucks. There was a couple more um, values later on. I, I had to do a little bargain hunting as well. I grabbed Henry Ruggs for $6, and then... then uh, uh, at quarterback tried to try to really go with the quantity over quality, maybe with Daniel, Daniel Jones as my most expensive option at $17 also had Ben Roethlisberger at seven. And, uh, and my two bench quarterbacks are Justin Herbert at $10 and Jameis Winston at $3. And then at tight end, I uh, had to save some money. Noah Fant was a nice value at $7 and Jack Doyle at just a buck. So I don't think we can stretch the team building any farther than this, Matt. We, we got a lot of good feedback, so we continued to do it four straight weeks. We're going to have something new next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. We're going we're, we're gonna to get Ryan back, so that'll be good. That'll be okay. It'll <laughs> be all right. Once again, happy birthday to Ryan. Enjoy your vacation. For Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.